Punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. to episode 52 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favourite combat sports podcast hosted by two dudes who cannot fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Adam. What's going on, man? Yo, uh, what's going on is I witnessed some traumatising blood uh, at UFC fight night just gone. Don't know if you heard about it, saw it, uh, witnessed it, but I'm pretty sure I could see a man's brains live on uh, ESPN. <laughs> so I'm still, I'm having flashbacks, night sweats, and um, yeah, not pretty. And then to add to the trauma, you might have heard a legend has retired from the UFC, but I feel like you should be the one that talks about who that was and what happened because let's be honest, you're more of an expert than I am. Yeah. Okay. Before we dive into the show, we've got a good one. We do have a good one for you today, but we do have to start at the appropriate place with some reflection on what has occurred. It has been a big few days for royalty, so we should start off in an appropriate and somber manner. Long live the king. Of Rio, the featherweight goat, Jose Aldo, unexpectedly called it a day. He's been released by, according to sources and his team, that he's been released from the UFC with one fight left on his contract, which if you know anything about the UFC, they don't let anyone go free. Just look at the debacle we had with Nate Diaz recently. So it just shows you the the, the standing in which uh, Jose Aldo is held by the UFC, by MMA, and he's been left to go and pursue other opportunities. And so we thought that the only way to properly honor and recognize the legendary career of Jose Aldo, one of the greatest to ever do it, if he's not in your top five of all time list, you should probably reconsider. But we're going to do another Punch Drunk History to celebrate Jose Aldo. Not today, but we're intending to get that to you, hopefully, before UFC 280. There's not a lot happening in the UFC between now and the next pay-per-view. We've got a couple of fight nights, maybe not very inspiring on paper, shall we say. So... <laughs> That's shit. the perfect. They're the, it's the perfect. Now, of course, there will be some good fights, but overall, they're Apex shows bereft of big name value. So we're going to be focusing on doing the Punch Drunk History episode. Of course, we will do some recap shows, etc. let you know which fights are worth watching. But that's what we intend to do before we bring you a giant preview show for what is arguably the most stacked card of the year. 
maybe one of the most stacked card in recent memory, UFC 280. It's going to be electric. And Adam, I've got a serious issue. A serious, serious issue. You have issue. many, but go on. Mate, I'm going to be on a plane for most of the main event of UFC 280. Oh, my God. And not like a good plane where there's Wi-Fi or, you know, satellite TV being beamed into a screen. No, I'm on a shitty short-haul whiz air flight from Budapest (laughs) to Liverpool, but it takes like two hours and it takes off right as the main card is starting. So I've got a dilemma. I don't know what to do. Do I, as soon as I land, whip the phone out, get on the live stream and just just go from there? Or do I completely shut it out, wait till I arrive at my parents' place in England, buy the pay-per-view and start the stream from the beginning with no knowledge of what has happened? I think you're probably going to have to change the flight to Switzerland and go to one of those voluntary <laughs> euthanasia centres and just uh, sign up because you can't be flying in the middle of a pay-per-view. I can't believe it. It's... A, when I, I booked this ages ago, so I didn't even think about the date, but B, it didn't even cross my mind because usually the pay-per-views start at, the main event starts uh, at 4 a.m. here, and I'm thinking I'm pulling all-nighter. But because it's in Abu Dhabi, they're changing the time zone, so I think the main event starts at, at 8 or, or 9 p.m. here. Yeah, so not only are you missing it, but you're missing a prime timer for yourself. It's, it's a double whammy. It's an absolute <laughs> double whammy. I can't believe it. Oh, shit. I wish I could say I feel for you, but it's just funny. (laughs) I knew I I could rely on you for emotional support during this trying time. (laughs) That's one thing I don't think anyone's ever relied on me for, is emotional support. No, they they don't rely on you for much, and they certainly don't rely on you for emotional support. Emotional support and good sex are two things I've never provided. Check out my uh, grinder bio. <laughs> All right, let's let's swiftly move on from that, and because we've got a lot to talk about. So, what we're going to do in this show, we've got a quick fight night, quick fight night to to recap. But because we don't have a UFC event this weekend, we decided to do something a little bit different, and we wanted to bring you our top ten KOs, knockouts from the UFC. However, we want to do a little bit different and we're only reviewing the ones that have occurred since we started doing this podcast because there's a bunch of shows out there that recap the top 10 of all time and you know the ones that are going to be in there. So we wanted to make sure that some of these may be forgotten, maybe not, but some serious heavy duty knockouts are brought to your attention. Go back and watch these fights. It's... There's some seriously good ones in there, and I'm really looking forward to diving into this list and arguing with Adam over which ones should be ranked 10 through number one. But before we dive into that, we do want to have a quick recap of the fight night that just occurred, UFC Vegas 60, Corey Sanhagen versus Song Yudong. We'll start with the main event. What were your thoughts on that fight overall? Main event was awesome, I thought. Uh, Solid fight. Uh, it was the only one that I was really keen to tune in and watch, uh, made sure I watched it live. And, yeah, I felt like it delivered. It was one of those MMA fights where you go, like, if you care about MMA as much as we do, at your prediction was probably Sandhagen's going to just be that little, that class above, but you know Song Yudong one day is going to be a fucking 
He's going to be a dog. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Like, he was just, he was trying, he was doing everything he could, but Sandhagen was just that little bit classier, probably in all assets of um, MMA. And, yeah, he, he did exactly what he should do, considering the caliber of people he'd fighted previously and how close he got to beating them. Uh, guys like this are the um, men he should beat, and he did beat him. So, yeah, the only thing I was angry at is that I didn't fucking bet on it because I should have. Always. You should always bet, Adam, even when you're not sure. Always. It's I the only way pain. to enjoy things in life. I had a traumatic weekend. My uh, beloved Collingwood lost by a fucking point to uh, go into the grand final. So, And I was there, and, uh, yeah, Ooh. it hurt. Ooh. I wasn't thinking straight. I'm still not thinking straight, to be honest. Right, right, right in the fields. Yeah, I thought Sandhagen looked great. And what we saw, though, was a big discrepancy in the power shots that were landed between Song and Sandhagen. And I thought that was probably what gave Song the first round. He was landing some clean hits. But Sandhagen doesn't have heavy hands. He's got violent elbows. And obviously, if anyone lands a flying knee, you're putting someone away. We've seen that with Sandhagen. So how he makes up for that is using those elbows incredibly effectively. And he did that. He opened up that massive cut on Song Yudong. It was just brutal. And by the end of the, the end of the fourth round, when they called the fight off, his eye was an absolute mess. There was no way they could have allowed that fight to go on. Maybe back in the old days, maybe back in Pride or something, but there was no way. The good old days. ESPN, <laughs> the good old days. The good old days when they did no pre pre-fight drug or blood blood uh, transmissible disease testing. Oh, there's, there's actually no defending like if someone if someone argues against UFC back in those days or MMA back in those days, it's so hard to like argue back. You just have to be like, yeah, fair enough. You, you can have that. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try yeah, and persuade it was, you. Otherwise. It was pretty pretty gnarly, pretty gnarly. Yeah, so it was a gnarly cup, but Sanhagen. As, you know, as that cut opened up, he just continued to attack it. And it was clear the commentary team the whole time was like, if, you know, Song Yudong's got to put him away because there's no way this fight gets through 25 minutes with the with the state that cut is in. So Sandhagen moves on. He passes a difficult test. And I'm sure we'll, the next time we see Song Yudong inside the octagon when that, that cut is all, all healed up, he's going to look great. He's going to look a cut above again. He'll learn a lot from this, so I'm looking forward to see that. Now, the co-main event, another another fight with violence, with <laughs> back and forth, with gaping gashes on face facial areas. It was insane. I told you in the preview show for this fight that Robocop is an absolute savage, and he killed a man the last time he was in the cage. And this time... He was just a savage, bloodied barbarian that just kept coming forward and really broke the will of uh, of, of Chidi and Joe Kawani because he did everything he needed to to win that fight. And Rodriguez was just like, no, I'm not going anywhere. That's good. You may have opened up a gash the size of your fist between my eyes, but that doesn't matter. And I'm bleeding all over the octagon, losing blood at a rapid rate but that does not matter. I'm going to take you to the ground. I'm going to effortless, effort, effortlessly, stumbling with my words there, pass your guard, and then I'm going to rain down ground and pound on you. You've already had a broken spirit. You're not going to survive this. It was just nasty. And there is no way that Robocop doesn't have a fun fight 
Whenever his name is on a card, you must tune in and watch it because he is appointment viewing television. Yeah, it's it's we we sound like a broken record because every time there's a fight night with not a very good lineup, we say the same thing. You got to tune in because there's always end up being the ones that you wish you saw live, and this is just Exhibit A right here. Uh, what do you think it feels like to have someone else's blood just dripping on you like that? I was talking to a mate while the fights were on. I think it was actually during the Sandhagen fight, but it applies to both of those fights. Like having your own blood come on you off a cut is, you know, it's strange, but I think I'd be able to handle it. But someone else's blood in that amount just like pouring on me. How do they not just pass the fuck out or something? Like it would just be well, the strangest I mean, feeling. Because they're not. <clears throat> They're not soft little bitches like you. That's the difference. <laughs> they fight men in a cage for a living. You publish Facebook posts. <laughs> yeah, that's well, the difference. I'll be able to do that for the rest of my life, and uh, they probably be dead within twenty years. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 uh, health and safety. Occupational hazards are, are quite more extreme no, but, in the life of a cage. No, you're 100% what? right, though. It's It must be horrendous, but maybe yeah. maybe in that moment they're worrying more about the vicious elbows and punches that are, you know, bringing them to the brink of consciousness rather than the blood dripping down. You're just not down. thinking about it, isn't Is they, that what it is? It, it, must, it must be. It must be that case. I mean, only a few weeks ago we saw Luke Rockhold rubbing his blood all in Paolo Costa's face. <laughs> now, that, that was the most extreme level of transference of blood inside the octagon I've ever seen. Yeah, but, yeah, you are right. It's equally as fucked. But, you know, with these guys, it's just pouring out. It's like it's like someone's just got a litre of their blood in a container and just pouring it on, on your head like it's a shower. <laughs> like, it's so that, extreme. That was in that, was, in that situation, it, it was insane. It, it was insane. But <laughs> you got got to give it to, to Chidi. He, again... Talking about song learning from that experience, Chidi's a bit older, a lot older. He's got a lot more experience, but he'll learn from that as well, and not not get disheartened the next time that someone isn't isn't put away. He won't be quite so bull in a china shop trying to rush for the finish. I'm sure he'll learn a lot from that. There's only two more fights I quickly want to talk about before we we move on. Mm-hmm. That uh, Joe Pfeiffer, the uh, Dana White Contender Series guy, who went viral because he was in the first episode of Dana White Contender Series, which absolutely sucked all the fights were garbage except the one that joe pfeiffer was in it became became a phrase be like joe pfeiffer be joe pfeiffer etc etc and the ufc rewarded him with fighting an absolute bag of potatoes inside the octagon the guy who fought is just pure junk the odds were insane he didn't tell you in joe fighting. pfeiffer's favor yeah yes it's a dana called me off he's like listen mate we owe joe pfeiffer an easy win can you come let him beat the absolute snot out of you It'll, you'll only be there for you'll only be there for three minutes and i'll give you i'll give you a 24 pack of modello i'll be like yeah count, count me in i'll be there i'll have the modello so, first yeah give me give me half a dozen first and then we're good to go yeah so joe pfeiffer beat the brakes off someone but he is a viral guy and he's only 27 he's lived a life though he looks every bit of 37 to be honest he looks a bit weathered but he's young he's still developing the ufc has got their marketing train behind him and his career and development inside the octagon is going to be extremely fun to follow and then the last fight i want to bring attention to because um Really impressive, given the circumstances of what occurred. Damon Jackson, 
gets a underdog win over the dangerous and talented Pat Sabatini, lands a landed a front kick very early on, swarmed him, finished him with ground and pound. We then find out during the post-fight that Damon Jackson's brother died a few days earlier before this fight. So incredible for Damon Jackson to to be able to channel his emotion and compartmentalize and perform. In the biggest fight of his career, he probably moves on to a ranked opponent now. He didn't take damage. He's on a four-fight winning streak in the dangerous featherweight division. Just superb from him. He looked great. He promised a finish as well, and he certainly delivered that. So shout out to Damon Jackson for, for being able to do that, and and you know, condolences to him and his family on, on their loss. But I got to say, Daniel Cormier, I think he gets too much hate as a commentator, but sometimes in his post-fight interviews, he's like, mate, what are you on about here? And some of the things he was saying were just incredible. Like, basically saying, like, you know, there was no better way to remember your brother than beating the shit out of some guy in the octagon. (laughs) It was was really weird. It was so off-color. You're like, TC, the producers have got to feed you something better than that, it seems. So, yeah, Twitter Twitter was reacting hard to whatever DC was trying to say. The intentions were, were nice. He was trying to be supportive, but... It was it was a it was a strange moment in, in the in the post fight interview. Damon Jackson, highly highly impressive performance. And speaking of impressive performances, one more thing before we dive into the knockouts. I know that everyone's excited to hear what they are. But my goodness, Adam, if you want to feel like an old piece of shit, and I certainly feel like an old piece of shit now. Overnight, a seventeen, one seven, seventeen year old kid just won uh, on the Dana White contender series and has got a UFC contract. His name is Raul Rosas Jr. He's from Mexico. He's 6-0 and as a professional. That might have been his seventh fight. He, he's 17 and he has a UFC contract and he has his goal is to become UFC champion by the time he's 20 years old. What did he look like in terms of physically, like... Looked looked seventeen or actually, looked he looks quite good. I gotta I gotta be honest, I saw one of the best memes I've seen in a long time. He looks like the child of Bigfoot Bigfoot uh <laughs> Silver and uh Janderova as well. Just <clears throat> yeah, he's 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 got a ch- a chin that if he wasn't from Mexico, you'd be like, Oh yeah, that boy grew up near Chernobyl. That's <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot going on with that chin, which probably means he's not gonna get knocked out. That's some serious that's Oh, yeah, that's some serious uh, Stan Smith, American Dad jawline going on. Oh my god, this that boy does not look seventeen. He looks like he's been fighting for fifteen years in the back alleys of Tijuana. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, if you're listening to this, folks, Google Paul Rosas Jr. of uh, MMA. Is he going to be the world champion? At twenty, I hope so. It's it's going to be awesome to see because he's he's really good. He's he's really good. I, I I watched the highlights this morning of his, and he he fights with an IQ and a skill level for someone far beyond his years. So far beyond his years. Is he the youngest UFC fighter ever? Oh, I guess it's not in yeah, the UFC. Yeah, by yet. far. No, he is. Well, he signed the contract, so he's in the UFC. And yeah. he, I suppose, once he fights, he will be the youngest UFC fighter because who knows, you know. Touchwood, nothing goes wrong for him, and he can fight in the UFC soon. But yeah, he's he's the youngest 
fighter ever signed. That's sick. Hopefully he does well. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing his debut. Now, why why we're all here? The 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 meat and potatoes of today's He said meat and potatoes, so I just let it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just, just figured you, you let that one fly. Um, let's. <laughs> I love, I wish everyone could see your face just that You were just like, you fucking despicable man. Let's Can't focus all be classy on European like these man. top 10 knockouts since we have been doing this pod. And we'll be honest, our very first episode was a preview for UFC 262. And we have got a couple of knockouts from UFC 261 in here. However, we were planning and talking about this podcast. The podcast was already in the works, already being prepared. So we're counting it. We're, we're giving ourselves these ones. And yeah, Adam, why, why don't you start off with the first knockout on your list and, and we'll go from there. <laughs> the first one, mm, the first one on my list, we're not ordering these at all. We're just, just shouting them out. Just just shout them out. I, I we could we'll we order could them argue after. about. All right, let's order them afterwards. Uh, uh, Ilya Tapuria versus Jai Herbert, USC London. Not the biggest names, but for me, one of my favorite KOs because it was almost a double KO in uh, just insane fashion. Um, it was as if if it was. Half a second difference in punching. They would, they would have knocked each other out at the exact same time with basically the same punch, and that's why I love it. It was like, oh, my God, there's a KO. Oh, my God, his instant reaction to punch back is a flatline KO. See you later. On one of the greatest nights in UFC history, UFC London. This side to side, constantly making Tapoya adjust. Yep. Can't shoot on him. Can't get a hold of the legs. Oh, oh! Starts out, he finished. Look at this jab. Right hand misses to the body, just like his fight against Damon Jackson. And the right hand over the top, a crushing blow. Jai Herbert was out cold before he hit the canvas. You were there, so what was it like? I mean, the air got sucked out of the air. <laughs> it was insane. And not even because it was a UK fighter in getting knocked out or, or or losing to that extent because, you know, all respect to Jai Herbert, but he's not like the hugest fan favorite. He's still building his profile. It was because everyone thought he was dead. <laughs> like it was, it was one of the coldest flatlining insane knockouts you'll see in, in many years. But the fact it happened, on, you know, only this year, it, it makes it a, a, a fine addition to this list. It was, it was, it was brutal. It just shows you the tiny margins in MMA and how it can turn on a dime for you. Because Herbert was winning that fight, he was piecing up Taporia. He looked great, and then Taporia just worked out his timing, and bam, that was it. It was murderous. Yeah, so good. Uh, you go, you go next. We go one for one. All right. So, well, let's stay on that event. It makes sense to do that. And oh, I think I know what one that <laughs> absolutely had the opposite reaction inside the crowd blew the roof off. I, no one could believe what was happening, but equally resulted in the flatlining of 
the person on the wrong side of this knockout. And that is, of course, Molly McCann's spinning back elbow knockout of Carolina Luana, 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 Carolina. Um, just incredible. One of the most viral knockouts probably of all time in MMA and certainly the most in women's MMA. Yeah. It's just obscene. And you don't see those kind of flatline knockouts very often in women's MMA. I go as far as to say, like, I can't recall the last time we saw one to that extent. I mean, this poor girl didn't move for, f- for five minutes. And the reaction to be there in that moment, this, it was it was truly remarkable. You used it on the walkout, which is fun, but you got to be ready for that. But it's not just... Yeah, it was it was fucking wild, and it was just fuel on the fire of USC London as well. It was, it, it was, was, it was, it was, it was dangerous at that point. That was like this probably got the the USC London two over the line. That KO, David was just like, "We're fucking coming back. We're fucking coming yeah. back." Yeah, honestly, it really, it really could have. And then Molly was obviously going wild with the um, with the whiskey. Is it Dana's whiskey? Is it whiskey? Yeah, with Howlerhead. She yeah, Howlerhead. That's Howlerhead. it. <laughs> yeah, and it was just on for young and old after that. And uh, my my God, that was it was probably the most brutal uh, KO I've seen in women's MMA. At least like one punch, one strike, I should say. It wasn't a punch, but yeah, good choice. I, I nearly put that on my list, but I was suspect you might have that one. <laughs> All uh, right, what have you got next? I've gone Yuri Prahashka versus Dominic Reyes. Now this wasn't this was a, like it was a one punch KO, but it was also like just well, it was an elbow, but one strike KO. Sorry, I'm using the wrong terminology. But there was actually just so many brutal hits in this whole fight that like the fight in its own could have just been all KOs. These these guys didn't yeah. have such <laughs> insane chins. Returns to his feet, needs a kick. Prohaska still foot on the gas pedal. Reyes still firing back. Toughness shown on each side. Oh, Spinning elbow! Oh Yuri Prohaska! Yeah, the, the flatlining at the end is insane, but I feel like the this KO is so good if you just watch basically the minute lead up to it. And, yes, uh, 100%. Oh, my fucking God. It is so vicious. And I can't remember the exact dates. I don't want to look now. It might have been just before we recorded our first ep or something like that, but it was definitely last year. I actually think... We reviewed it on the very first episode because then UFC 262 was the next event. I think that's how it went. Really? There you fucking yeah, go. Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> this was probably yeah. the fight where we're like, we're going to do a pod. We're going to do a fucking <laughs> podcast. We're probably <laughs> we on have the to do it. We've talked about it. We're going to do it. Yeah. No, mate, it was, it was unbelievable, this KO. And those, the, the kicks, Europe was landing, and Reyes just got beaten to an absolute pulp, and then the finishing blow was just... Reyes has taken some Ooh. beatings, man. <laughs> Did you see that photo? Back. You might have even sent it to me of him and fucking uh, Alex Pereira. Oh my god, Alex Pereira looks yeah. twenty kilograms heavier than him in that photo. I know it's insane. It's insane. You got to wonder whether Dominic Reyes could actually cut down and make make middleweight. Yeah, or it might be better for him. Maybe, but then he has to fight. <laughs> he has to fight Pereira, is he? Yeah, I mean, he's for Jiri Prohaska, so. Oh, my 
god, fuck fighting in the UFC, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wouldn't even want to fight the smallest, like, Peter Yarn and Volk. Like, fuck that. <laughs> not, a, not even a chance. Not a chance. They, I could go in, like, One. I could go in 50 kilos heavier than them and terrified. <laughs> Mate, you could go at 100 kilos heavier and terrified. The leg kick you once and you'd shit in your pants. It'd be all over. <laughs> I would have shit my you'd pants just, well before you'd just, the leg You'd kick. just have a full extreme body evacuation because of the pain and suffering that you'd be in. Yeah, it's like the, an old joke I heard once about um, what do you do if you're stuck one-on-one against Cristiano Ronaldo and it's you turn around pick up shit and throw it in his face and it's like how do you know there's going to be shit on the ground and it's like well if you won on one with Cristiano Ronaldo you would have already shit yourself <laughs> <laughs> same thing applies in this I think same same thing applies throw some shit same at them and fucking jump scoop over it the, off the canvas and lash it yeah I'm out I'm gone <laughs> oh right you're uh, up, is it, you're up. Is it my, I'm, I'm up I'm up okay this one this one I'm I'm going to throw in there. This one was a really fun back and forth fight. And the way that it ended up was, I suppose, a bit of a surprise given the momentum of the fight. But it's Charles Oliveira against uh, against Michael Chandler. And Chandler was dominating that fight. He had Charles in all kinds of, of, of pain. And then Charles just came back like, and he caught him with that left hook. It was just picture perfect. And he just drop Chandler and and that, that was all she wrote and the context of that winning the vacant UFC belt that had been vacated by Khabib the combination of the knockout and the stakes and the comeback makes this comfortably one of the top 10 for me away Chandler working off of that jab early oh! Yeah, you, you've done – I suspect you're going to have a couple of these, but like this is one of the ones where I've, I forgot about it. Obviously, I didn't forget that Charles beat Chandler. I forgot that he actually KO'd him technically, which is fucking insane. And, yeah, one of the biggest up, biggest upsets ever in terms of how it happened. You know, if you had to tell me he submitted him or won on points, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I guess I, I saw that coming. But – KO Michael Chandler. I was like, uh-uh. yeah, given his 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 durability, and w- when you'd seen how well that Chandler was winning the stand up exchanges in the first yeah. round, and it and 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 that's that's probably w- what makes it such an insane turnaround in in fortunes. We've seen. I don't know if UFC is just always this good, or have we just been super lucky since we started this pod that we've just seen these iconic? Because it's not like this is in the you know first fight of the undercard like these like the main events of pay-per-views and stuff Hell yeah good. i just think they're constantly delivering a great product man that's that's why they're the best and it's got its flaws it's got its faults it got does it has things it needs to improve but one thing that they constantly deliver is top fight nights on the road and top pay-per-view events as well most most of the time yeah exactly is it my turn it is your turn my friend all right, this is one of my one of my most satisfying ever because you know I'm a Usman Dick rider, as you're well aware, and uh, Kamara Usman KOing Jorge Masvidal. I I liked Jorge for a while. I still like I still want to watch him fight. He's because you know he's polarizing, but 
I just knew he was not on this level and I just he needed to be fucking put down a peg. The fact that you're fighting Kamaru Usman again was kind of just annoying me. And then the way that yeah, Usman won that in that fashion. Terrible performance. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Absolutely. So the flat line that I don't know if there's even awards for this, but I'm sure this won the award for best photo of all time in MMA. Uh, it's the KO with, uh, The unfortunate that Masvidal's corner had just poured a bottle of water on him just before, just to make it look ever so dramatic. The hair going everywhere the face. Unbelievable freeze frame KO, and uh, that makes it in my top five list for sure. This time he was able to fight the wrong one, and he still feels good and confident to fight wrong two. And of all the superlatives. Oh! suspect there might be another one coming in where Usman was on the end of end of one of these, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you'll uh, know, leave it on. Yeah. Um, I could, couldn't agree more with you, by the way. The, the I remember watching that unfold live and was just like, what has just happened? Because we weren't accustomed to Kamaru flatlining people like that. Mm. And... Jorge's advantage was on the feet. He was the better boxer, the better striker. And so for it to go down like that after Kamaru had, you know, convincingly, but in a boring fashion, smothered and crotch-sniffed Masvidal to death in the first short-notice title fight, this was a huge statement that he you know, that really put Kamaru on the map as a superstar because he took all of that shine, all of that publicity off Masvidal. And this had been a long time in the making. There'd been some shit talking and so on and so forth. So to see that conclusive finish was was superb. Tremendous effort by Kamaru. And I like obviously the- rewatched it recently. Sorry to cut you off. But no. DC says I won't get it word for word, I'm paraphrasing, but literally within ten seconds of the carry, maybe three seconds of the carry, he just goes like everyone will he's like now everyone will shut up about these guys fighting again or something along the lines of that like instantly that was his reaction and i kind of feel like that was heaps of fans feelings as well just like all right finally this is done because we all know he didn't deserve to be here anyway probably and yep. the one the one reason why he probably was there is because everyone's like what if he ko's Usman? what if he goes what? and he just gets flatlined by by the rest and if i recall if i recall it was down in florida as well anyway let's move let's move on to the next one We've got plenty more excellent knockouts to get through. And I'm going to go with a superb knockout, the best by a knockout specialist. And that is Tai Tuivasa knocking out Derek Lewis at UFC 271 because nobody gave Tai a chance. Derek Lewis is widely considered as like the second heaviest puncher in the UFC behind Francis Ngannou. And Ty not only took his shots, he smiled, weathered them, and outclassed Derek Lewis, beat him up, and then the elbow to finish it over like close range elbow over the top that lands on Derek Lewis, and we and we see Derek Lewis fall down. The bigger they are, the harder the fall, like a skyscraper hitting the canvas. Well, there it is again. Nicely done. Defended well. 
But straight away with the knee. Oh, a couple uppercuts. Tyson Vargas cannot continue to take these shots. Oh, oh here we go. Oh, oh Tyson is a big right hand. There is hurt. Massive right hand. There's there a is good hurt. Job, but again. Derek's hurt bad. He's bad. Oh, big elbow oh, from Tuivasa. He's got him out. Bam, bam, Tuivasa with the biggest win wow. of his life. Wow. Tuivasa has done it. He'll be in the top three next week. <laughs> wow. What a knockout. And the odds were so stacked against him. Nobody gave him a shot. And it was really a performance that put tied to Ivasa on the map as a bona fide threat at the top of the heavyweight division, more than just your prelim fat heavyweight going to gas out after one round brawler kind of guy, which he probably started his UFC tenure as, but he's developed so much. He's dedicated himself to improving and now he's reaping the, the rewards. And that, that K over Derek Lewis was something pretty special. Yeah, that was my favorite KO of the year and I was mad at myself for uh, not putting that on my list because it might not have been the best, but it was easily the most satisfying for me and instantly straight after it, I'm like doing the maths. I'm like, oh, so now Ty has to fight Nganu or Cyril Khan? Is that yeah, what it was the like, is going to happen? You just knocked right out Derek Lewis, which is so dangerous and your reward is more death. Your reward <laughs> is to get your stomach kicked in and your internal organs explode by Cyril Garn. Yes. That's, uh, that was his reward. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. When you put it that way, fucking hell. But, yeah, Jesus, he did get beat up and it was hard to watch, but there's just levels to this game, I guess. And, uh, you know, Ty probably could be at the level of Cyril Garn if he was trained and did everything the same way Cyril Gunn does everything I'd say uh, it's not like Ty isn't blessed with great genetics I'm sure he does have great fucking yeah. genetics I don't know party. if he could have ever have the same physique I don't think he could ever have the same physique I think that's just too, gen too different too different but he can certainly get better he can certainly get better though. yeah and he rocked him he rocked Cyril Gunn he did, oh, no, he, did. he had there was he was so close to getting the, the win in that fight as well oh, but we're deviating we're deviating so from the list it with one eye when there's an Aussie fight I don't, it is. <laughs> all right am I up? all right am I up? yeah you've got you've got two I've got more the floor. all right uh next one for me I'm gonna go Rose Nama Yunus Thug Rose and Wei Lee Thug Rose KOing Wei Lee and uh, shocking the world. To be honest, I'm not the biggest Thug Rose fan, but this was undeniably good and uh, so dramatic. And I feel like she just had such a cult following by that stage and it just grew and grew instantly after that KO because yes. oh, I, I hope this is the fight where she's like, I am the best. Uh, yeah, that, and, that uh, was, that yeah. was, that, that added to it. Whaley has landed several of those inside low kicks. And what a card UFC 261 was, by the way, because that's back to back. You've done the main event and then the co main event of UFC 261. Yeah, dramatic. <sighs> oh, maybe this was the first one. 
back with crowds. You know what? I think it might have been. I think it might have been in Jacksonville. Let me let me pull that one up. Let's do it. You got to look that up because I feel like look that up. this is potentially why it delivered. Yes, it was April in uh, twenty twenty one, marking the first time since they had a full full house. You're absolutely right. This was the one, and don't forget on that card as well. We it's just you know just a. Uh, showing what, what a crazy main event, loaded main card it was. Valentina Shevchenko beat the piss out of Jessica Andrade, if you remember that. <laughs> Chris Weidman snapped his leg against Uriah Hall. And then and then uh, Anthony Smith, Anthony Smith beat up Jimmy Crute, and then he had that weird leg injury, and he went down and couldn't continue between rounds. That that whole Drama. main card was, was, just, was just crazy, crazy. Holy shit. Anyway. I forgot about done. that. I mean, they came back with a bang. They certainly came back with a bang uh, for the first time for fans. In, 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 there's so in, many good so cards and, like, it just there's so many fights that it's so hard to look back like like this. Like, it's easy to go f- by the fighter and remember fighters iconic things, but to remember the card, like, a year ago, yes. it's like, holy shit. Like, this is so deep. Um, but, yeah, props to the UFC. But that's my fourth. What's your fourth? Um, my fourth one uh, is also going to involve Weili. You say UFC 261. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna, also going to involve Zhang Weili, but this time she was on the right side of history, and it was the rematch against Joanna Jacek where she knocked her out with the spinning back fist. Was it back fist or back elbow? regardless, it lands, and for a second, it seems like Joanna's going to be okay, and then she just goes, she's just flat, flat on her face. One of those little delayed KOs. Mm. And the magnitude of that wasn't just it was the rematch of one of the greatest fights of all time, which it was. It marked the return to the octagon for Joanna and JJ after a long layoff, and it subsequently also marked the end of her legendary UFC career as well. So there's so much wrapped in wrapped up in this fight to put a bow on it with the knockout in the manner that she did. Holy cow. You've got to you've got to absolutely tip your cap to Zhang Weili. It and was I, a superb knockout and in the circumstances the the quality of the knockout is only amplified. To knock out Joanna uh, like that, one of the best strikers the division's ever seen, if not the best. Just remarkable. Ioana's constantly oh! pressing. Oh! And I think just to uh, throw in my go back on this, reflecting on on the cards. I'm certain that I had a, I had a great betting day. This card. This is why I remember mm. it. So Jack Dalla had his first fight in the UFC. Yes, and yes, we, we both great. got on that, and I think that was paying like four or five dollars. And then maybe it was his second fight. I'm not sure. And then we, and then I got on Wei Lee. I'd had a couple of beers, so I had a bit of Dutch courage as well. But I got on Wei Lee for KO. And that was also paying like four dollars or five dollars, and boom, double. Yeah, and I was just like, holy shit, I'm up a shitload now, and then I assume the parlay lost, and then... yeah, and that was the last bet you ever won. Yeah, seriously, but don't worry, <laughs> Spring Carnival is coming. 
to bet on something I know even less about that's even more it, unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, is you feel better losing money, though, when you're dressed up in a suit, don't you? It's like, I can afford to do this. Oh, look, I... I I'm, I hate going. I hate going. I'd rather sit in a pub. Oh, you just yeah. you just sit in the uh, sit in, in the, the pub TAB, with a couple of mates on us, chain, chain chain smoking, looking at the uh, teletext odds coming by, scratch scratching notes down and taking them to the counter, and then scrunching up the paper when you lose. Yeah, my way to justify it is you can gamble on the horse racing, but don't support the industry by going. Just support your local and give them pay for the beers for them and then you can you can gamble at the, at the lawless yeah. lawless logic yeah. yeah what do you think's more um what do you think's a worse industry mma or <laughs> horse racing i think they're both tremendous <laughs> exciting well regulated industries i tell you what box, boxing's worse than both those oh, motherfuckers without, without doubt Without doubt, boxing is a shambles. It is a shambles. <laughs> you should see some of the characters I've come across this year just at like shitty Australian boxing fights. <laughs> oh my god, BB should do a podcast just with those blokes. It would probably just interviewing it would be the number the, one in Australia in, overnight. The, the uh, arena rats of uh, <laughs> of Australian boxing. I know. I've I've spent time. I've spent time around the. Different different boxing events. Tell you what though, they get they get even seedier when they're amateur boxing events, and you're like, why are you here, you random people? Uh, most of them have had like eighty fights as well, like, and they're none for money or for like fifty dollars if they won or something, and they're yeah. just like, oh, they were just in, they were just in in the car park, and they're they're now fifteen beers deep. Yeah, so and eighty fights on just, record. Eight hundred. They're just scream. They're just screaming at a fourteen-year-old child to, to feed him, bro. Feed him. Um, am I up? <laughs> you are. You are. This is your last one. Number five. So, uh, we didn't get sidetracked, which is good. But this one is, you know, I said I love the Masvidal one for the freeze frame. This one I love for the freeze frame too. Michael Chandler, the up kick to the chin of Tony Ferguson. Honestly, that is was a honestly a oh, 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 oh. Wouldn't say an upset, but you would say you'd we'd never seen that happen to Tony Ferguson before. Such a violent flat out flatline KO and my god it shocked me and the memes after it were some of the great <laughs> MMA memes the uh he, he really did just look like an 85 year old man in the photo but um oh I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go as far as saying he ended Ferguson's career with that kick I 100% agree if if Gaethje took a piece of Michael Chandler in uh, excuse me of um he definitely took a piece of Michael Chandler as well. If Gagey took a piece of Tony Ferguson after that five-round beating he put on him, then Michael Chandler finished him off. He took the rest of him because the Tony Ferguson we saw last out was just a shell, a shadow of himself, which is, you know, it. that's the way the sport goes. Very few get to leave on top with everything intact, looking the way that they went into the sport. That's, that's just the way the brain cell crumbles. 
that's that's just the way of the sport. But yes, that is that is the way the CTE comes back. Um, all right, I have got one last fight on this list, and I feel like we're getting on though. We're getting to the best KOs, but we're getting less and less excited about them. No, I'm very excited about this one, Get as you know. You you already you alluded to this one a little bit earlier, but of course I am talking about Boom. the headshot heard around the world. Leon Edwards uh. knocking out Kamaru Isman at U- UFC 278. One of the most insane, most important, influential, significant KOs in UFC history. Not only was it technically perfect. Mate, not only was it technically perfect, not only was it set up so well, not only was he down three rounds to one going into this and desperately needed to pull something out of the bag, the significance in the history of MMA cannot be understated because Usman, if he'd gone through this, was well on his way to taking GSP's crown as the greatest welterweight of all time, going on his way to equal Anderson Silva's title defenses and going to that conversation as one of the top three pound-for-pound greats of all time. He was number one on the pound-for-pound list. Just remarkable that in one moment, all of that went away. We still will talk about Kamaru as one of the best to ever do it. The second greatest welterweight of all time. But that one moment is the difference between being one of the best and being the very best. And it just shows you the fine margins that are in this sport. And you know what really shows that the fine margins are in the sport, Adam, when reflecting on this list? This is perfect proof of how insane and competitive the upper echelons of every division in this organization is. Because we've got three fighters who appear both tw- twice on this list. Usman, Kamaru Usman, uh, Zhang Weili, and Michael Chandler. And they appear on both sides of the ledger. They both have an incredible knockout and have both been knocked out as well. In the top 10 over the past, what, 18 months or 16 months, however long we've been doing this? My goodness, that's outrageous. And we didn't manufacture that. We didn't go looking to get people on both sides. We went away, we independently picked five each, and we came away with these with these fights, with these knockouts. That's That's incredible. It really is. It's remarkable and a weirdly amazing stat considering we just chose five each and went from there. One, that we didn't really double up and two, that yeah, either side of a knockout and to go back to the Leon versus Usman KO, I actually can't really um, 
argue when you put it the way you put it. It was it was so dramatic. It probably is. I have to probably put that at the top of these um, for sure. And it's annoying to do so because you just know Leon's going to lose when he fights him in the rematch, whoa, 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 <laughs> or whoa, whoa, when he whoa, fights whoa. Hamza. <laughs> All right, put Hamza. Did side I see segue? Did I see that he might fight? Is that are they talking about Hamza versus Leon potentially, or is that did I dream that? I don't think so at this stage. I think they have they have to do the rematch unless there's some reason why Kamara medically yeah, can't go. They have something. to do the rematch. Yeah. Kamara deserves that. Of of all of the undeserving immediate rematches that we've seen over the history of the UFC, and sometimes there are some. Kamaru getting his rematch is one of the most, if not the most deserving, considering the, the run he went on and you know, he was winning that fight. There's no making my bones about it. So that has to be. Do rematch. you think that Leon gets a rematch if he loses to Kamaru Usman in the second? In, no, in because this is that that will be a trilogy fight already. Um, yeah, they true. could look to make four. They could look to make four down the line. But the only time we've really seen that is is Holloway. And Volk, that that was still only that was still only three. No, but um, Moreno oh, yeah, and Figueredo are going to fight for oh, the that's, fourth yeah, time. That's but, but that's because there's a real lack of true contenders. We're, we're you know all of a sudden we've you know you've got Kamzat Chamayev there. There's other other things to do in this division. So I don't think they'd run it back immediately a fourth time. Don't get me wrong. Leon goes away and gets gets a, a top win over number two, number three then that makes sense. But the, the fight to make with comes out is Colby Covington. No ifs, ands, or buts about oh, it. That fight, headlining a pay-per-view, even if it's a non-title fight, I mean, that fight, that pay-per-view does a million buys. I swear it does. Oh. Because the way that they can market that is, you know, as I said, East versus West, good versus evil, Russia <laughs> versus America, Rocky versus Ivan Drago freedom versus communism it just writes itself it's beautiful it's poetic as if the ufc couldn't absolutely market the shit out of that and the sound bites we get from colby covington would be tremendous but we are getting sidetracked let's circle back to this list i i agree with you i think i do think and i'm biased but i do think with all of the significance i think leon osman has to be number one i'm going to let you present first argument to go what's going to be what's going to be number two here I think it's got to be Usman and Masvidal. I I agree. I was weighing up two different ones here. I was weighing up Usman versus Masvidal, and then I was also uh, was also going to submit uh, Taporia versus Jai Herbert just because of the pure violence of it. The, the just the murderous flatlining power that Taporia delivered to Herbert. So, is that your three then? I, I'm putting it up for three, but. I'm, I'm happy to, to hear a counter-argument if there's someone else you want to put in there. I, I recognise the only problem with that is it's not the biggest in terms of significance. Yeah, It doesn't quite have the, the impact and the gravitas of some of the others and the implications, but I think from a pure KO perspective, I don't think there's a cleaner one. I would put Whaley's knockout of Joanna over it because of the significance of it, and it was still a great knockout, but then I'm happy to I'll- put that. Fourth, if you want. All right, I'll I'll, I'll allow it. Proceed. So we'll do we'll do, Joanna, Whaley four, excuse me three, and Taporia J Herbert four. Coming in at number five, I think 
really is only 4.5, considering it was a better knockout, but it just lacks the gravity, but it was an incredible event. I think you've got to put Molly McCann versus Caroline in there. Back-to-back spinning knockouts. I think that should be that so, should be at number five. So, yeah, so four and five then are going to be UFC London's. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, Holy exactly. Shit. Shows you shows you what an insane card it was. <laughs> yeah, and I, I... All right, number six, what do you think of going... Ty and Derek Lewis. I like it. You don't like I it. I really like it. You don't no, like I do. <laughs> but I'm just looking at the one that on our list directly underneath it, and I'm thinking maybe that should be in there. Yeah, you, number yeah, six. I'll, I'll cop that. So yeah. you're talking about Charles Oliveira knocking out Michael Versus Chandler. Michael Chandler. Yeah, I think we put that one six, and then Ty versus Derek Lewis. Seven. I feel like we could send Twitter into a fucking absolute shit fight, even bigger shit fight than it currently is. If we put oh, like, I'm gonna, push, po- I'm gonna, yeah, oh, I'm gonna post this list in order. Absolutely, oh, yeah, beautiful. Like, stoke the flames of the of the incels. <laughs> there's on so, probably so many KOs we missed too. Like probably, probably, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be. You're wrong. You're an idiot. Kill yourself. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm keen. Let, make sure. I'll make sure we do post this. We'll, we'll put a pick up. Um, holy shit! So we're gonna go six Charles and Chandler, and we're gonna yep. go seven Ty and Derek Lewis. So there's eight, nine, ten left. What fights have we got? We've got Chandler knocks out Ferguson. Yeah, we've got Rose knocks out Wei Lee. And we've got and, what else? Fury versus Cooper oh, versus Dominic Reyes as well. I know, I know. So I I think, hear me out, I think I think we've got to go Rose versus Wei Lee because it was so unexpected. You don't see those, and it was so fast and so like, wow, what is happening? I think we've got to put that in at number eight. And then I would put Yuri versus Reyes at number nine because of the significance of it, because it, I'm pretty sure this is the one that punched Yuri's ticket to the title shot, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Or was that was that right? Or did he have to, I can't recall. Yeah, I think it was. And then Chandler versus Ferguson. Like, don't get me wrong, the knockout was incredible. And no one had done Tony like that before. But like we said, Tony was, was already... A shadow of himself and and Chandler Chandler just finished him off. Yeah, I can't. I, I was hoping there'd be more arguing, but there's uh, we're agreeing on this whole thing, and I think <laughs> it's going to look good if we put this up as a, a proper list. Listeners, let us know what you think. Let us know the order you'd put. Let us know if there's fighters you'd take out. Yeah, let- add. But I, I should stress that we're not saying these are the only like these are the, definitely the best ten KOs. We're just. No, I am. I'm definitively saying this. And if if you disagree, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're allowed to have an opinion, but it's a wrong one. Yeah, for sure. Let us know if you you know if if you will post these on the socials. Drop a comment. Let us know any fights we might have missed. Some sometimes they slip under the radar. I will say, got to give an honorable mention out to a few of the you know just shout out the entire UFC Austin card in general. That one was off the chain. Jeremiah Wells, speaking of violent, vicious flatlines, murdered poor Kurt McGee. 
that was insane. I feel like Terence McKinney's had a couple of really good knockouts. There's been oh, there's been... just thought of the spinning back kick in the air. Like, is that Buckley's KO? Was that in 2021? Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was. It was I I thought of that one. Okay, good, it, good. It, pre- it predates good. It predates Otherwise, God. this would have 100 <laughs> been in there. Don't worry. Don't worry. One of us, Adam. One of us was on the ball. One of us was on the ball. We were just about <laughs> to get our fucking podcasting. Licence stripped. <laughs> yes, we have one of those. Man, this has been fun, actually. But is there anything else you wanted to add before we get on out of here? No, I, I reckon we, we, we leave it there. I'll kick it over to you to tell everyone where they can find us on the socials. At PunchDrunkPod on Instagram, at PunchDrunkPod on TikTok, PunchDrunkPod on YouTube, PunchDrunkPod at gmail.com, punch drunk pod underscore on twitter give us five stars on apple give us five stars on spotify you can also see us at tarps off sports basically just google tarps off sports and you'll see our logo splattered here there and everywhere lewis it's been great to catch up with you looking forward to talking all things jose Aldo. looking forward to 280 and very 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 much looking forward to 281 as well uh the only reason i'm looking more forward to 281 is time zones here Otherwise, I'm, I'd be looking equally as forward to both of them. <laughs> Anything you wanted to Welcome say to, to my the fans world. before we go? No, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this one and keep an eye on your feed for our next episode. Adios. Peace.